Hi, my name is Kate McGaw. I am the CEO of Arclight Agile, and welcome to our podcast. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified product owner and an advanced certified Scrum professional, Scrum master. And today we are talking about good sprint planning. Sprint planning. Oh my gosh. That's a meeting that scares everybody. <laughs> How do it we is- do good sprint planning? It's so easy to do it badly. This is one of the things that we've got to be so careful because if we don't plan properly, then we end up jeopardizing the next two to three weeks, however long our sprints are. So sprint planning to me is is probably one of the most critical events. Generally, the, the Scrum Guide says up to eight hours um, per month of the sprint. So if you're doing a four-week sprint, up to eight hours spent in sprint planning. Most teams, if they're doing two-week sprints, would spend up to four hours. And people say, that's a massive amount of time. But if we spend time in sprint planning, then it saves time further down the line. But again, if you don't need all four hours, you don't use all four hours. Um, and I think the thing that is interesting to me is the clarification scrum guide um 2020 is that we've got three parts of it so we have why the what and the how so that this is why these items are can add value to our customers so our product owner is proposing how the product can increase in in utility and value in the current sprint so that's the first part of sprint planning the second part is the, the what. This is the team deciding, the developers selecting items to include in the current sprint. And then the, the final part of, of sprint planning is the how. How are we going to achieve the work? We, I mean, you and I have talked about tasking in the past. To me, ideally, this is where the team takes our backlog items and divides them up into the tasks that need to be done to complete the each backlog item. So to, to me, people will often say, well, what are the outputs of sprint planning? Well, your, your inputs are your refined backlog. We've talked about that already on a previous podcast. And our outputs of sprint planning is the sprint goal. And that is our product backlog items for the sprint, plus the plan for how the team is going to deliver these backlog items, which is our, our sprint backlog. And it also includes the sprint goal. So that is the output, is our, our sprint backlog and our sprint goal. And we have a plan for coming up for the next sprint. Well, I don't I don't disagree with any of that, but let's let's talk about what it looks like in practicality. <laughs> because this is practicality. But well, I, I think it could be that seems a little cheap. Oh, so I like a continuous refinement environment yeah. where like I love the Atlassian model. I'd sort of come mm-hmm. to it on my own, you know, where it's just like every day we're sort of refining some tickets. Mm-hmm. The team has gone through them. And when I say they refine tickets, I like to like if listen, identify any subtasks on this user story. I'm not asking you to know exactly how to do it, but if you, there's something you know about, capture it. Let's size it so that we don't, like we can go to sprint planning and say, we know there's this back end piece. We know there's this front end piece. Oh, by the way, we're going to need this other thing over there. So I like to, sometimes we have those, sometimes we don't. 
but you know, for, for me, I like to, you know, have that, I'm trying to get that one to two sprints worth of work that they can just sort of put in the planning box or whatever, however we're saying like, Hey, product can go, here's what we would like to prioritize in the next sprint. But so are, the- are you, ref- so you're refining, it sounds as though you're doing, you're decomposing some of the stories or backlog items down into tasks in refinement. So what happens if they don't get prioritized for a sprint after all? Is the team not wasted their time dividing no, them up? No, because because we've we've said, like, if we've refined them, I know we've gotten off track from sprint planning. If we've refined them and the team has said, here's everything that we know right now that we want to capture, and we've sized it, then product can make a decision whether it's valuable. Like, oh, I want to take on that eight. Or, oh, that's just a three. I'd rather have that three than that five. Mm -hmm. And we've given them the information, like maybe we've identified a a cross uh, dependency Mm -hmm. with another team. And that can help inform product's decision because maybe product has gone off or I've gone off and had a discussion with that team and been like, they're not ready to take up that work. We're going to get blocked here anyways. So we're trying to, we're not figuring out exactly how we're doing it. We're just sort of saying at a surface level, we know, like I always like to say, is this pure front end? Is this pure back end? Is this both? And then we can Mm -hmm. sort of like, okay, now we know who's sort of in the mix to do this work if and when it comes up. We don't know exactly how it's done. But so when it comes to sprint planning, at least product has an idea of like, this is self-contained to the team. Great. They could probably accomplish this in a sprint oh, this has dependencies outside the team. Yeah. Do I really want that this sprint? Yeah, so I think think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. So to me, if you don't do refinement, then sprint planning blows up. Yes. Because you you don't have time to refine and plan at the same time. So refinement, yeah, I think we talked about good refinement a couple of of podcasts ago. We're we're making sure that we're refining items for the next one to two sprints. They're sized. We're not working out exactly how we're going to do them. We're just doing it at a high level. So all of that detail can be added in sprint planning. Because even if product comes to us, and I always say product, listen, if somebody had an idea last night and -hmm. they worked up a user story and they want to bring it to sprint planning, that is their right. Mm-hmm. But if we have to refine more than two new brand new user stories that the team has never seen, now our sprint planning is going to be a longer, more grueling yeah. meeting. We would really, yeah. I'd much rather come in and be like, product says, here's the 20 things I'd like the team to accomplish. And then the team goes, uh, we could do 13 of those. Yep, I'd rather it be about yep. I'd rather be about that horse trading mm-hmm. than here's a brand new thing. Let's all think about it. Because that's yeah. bad sprint planning. No, and to me, that's that's what we're also doing in in, in sprint planning is why these product brings yep. in our top 20 items. This is why these are valuable. Yep. Then the team says this is what we can do based on our velocity and our vacations and things like that. And, and our then, basic understanding, because we've already looked at these and we have a we have a general idea about level. how we'll, mm-hmm. high level idea about how we'll accomplish them. Yeah. They can make an and educated then, guess. And then part three is how are we actually going to achieve it and get them done? Right. And that's where I think. So what I wanted to say was the first question I ask at the beginning of sprint planning, mm-hmm. every single sprint planning for umpteen years, the first question I ask is, 
who is going to be out this sprint? Yeah. Who is taking mm-hmm. a day? What holiday do I not know about? Is yeah. there a holiday in Europe? Is there an Indian holiday? Is there a, oh my God, it's Memorial Day. I didn't even realize that was coming. Yeah. Like what, who, what day are we losing time in this sprint? Because yeah. then that's going to change our calculus. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I do in sprint planning. Yeah, And then recently, my, the team, one of the teams I'm working with, they've decided they want to close the sprint at the beginning of sprint planning. So we quickly go to the board and we go, everything's done, close out the sprint, or, oh, there's a ticket that's rolling over. Why is it rolling over? Hey, product, do you want this in the next sprint? Yes or no? If yes, great, let's close the sprint. Let's put that in the planning box because that changes our calculus. Now we know that that three or five that rolled over and we all know the reasons why that comes into the sprint. And now we really know exactly what it is we're dealing with. Yeah. Right. And, and I may say, I don't want that anymore. Send mm-hmm. it to the backlog. We'll do it some other time. Yeah. Cause when I was, was doing it, I similar, I would say we would task out part three and then we would double check back to what you were saying about capacity Mm-hmm. then I would double check. So this for teams that are happy to introduce time, this is the first time I'm introducing time in a sprint or in, in Scrum. And that is we're, we're putting the tasks here, maximum eight hours per task. Mm. We've got to have psychological safety for the yep. team to be able to do that. The The tasking and the hours on the tasking is their tool so that the scrum master can help them make sure they've not pulled too much work into the sprint. So I I do it based on okay, let's look. So we do six hours a day because nobody's yeah, nobody nobody does. productive for eight. Nope. And if we're nope. doing a two six week, is a lot. Six is a lot. Yeah, we're doing a two week sprint. We've got ten working days. We're going to lose one day with events and things like that. So I'm planning. Nine days at six hours a day, a maximum 54 hours. And that's assuming that we don't have any dark tasking and unplanned work and and things that take us away from our sprint work. But we also don't want to be working right up until the end of the sprint because that's not fair to our testers. Yeah. You know, I'm on a team right now where I know the tension on the team the testers, we we do Wednesday to Tuesday. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know the testers, in their minds, it would be optimal if everybody was done with their work Friday afternoon before the end of the sprint. They don't really yeah. want anybody developing Monday into mm-hmm. Tuesday because they, they're getting such little time with that stuff. But it's also, it's, it's so it's not fair to them. I'd rather people be wrapping up end of day Monday or very, very early Tuesday you know, at the latest so that like we can then turn our attention to other things. Cause again, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be defects yeah. that come back, mm-hmm. but you don't have to fill the entire sprint with activity. Yeah. Exactly. It, but, and also it's a re- reminder that we may, if I have finished my backlog item or my, my task, mm-hmm. then I I can jump in and help yep. with the testing. And it, it's, yep. it's, reminding people that we're getting away from the that's not my job to we as a team are going to deliver well you should have tested your stuff to such a degree Uh, mm -hmm. that testers should be finding weird edge cases like 
that mm-hmm. is not for them to figure out if your stuff works. We've talked about that before, yeah. but yeah. I think it's, you're not getting a full eight hours out of everybody. You're yeah. not getting a full 10 days out of everybody. So everybody should sort of eject those, mm-hmm. get rid of those illusions. Yeah. And let's deal with it, how it practically looks. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I know my teams, I, and again, this is not my decision. This is, I leave this to the team. They get together after sprint planning and then they divide up the work. Yeah. They, yeah. they make, cause they want to assign things to people or they want people to pick what they want to work on. They allow people to sort of put their names on things. So somebody's responsible for those tickets. So when we go to the daily scrum and I put, you know, I have a quick filter for everybody's on the team. And as we sort of go around, I click that filter and everybody can see this hasn't moved. That's in flight, but my teams get together afterwards and they, cause again, it's always their decision I ask three times, are you guys comfortable with this sprint? Does this, are you, do you have enough work? Do you have too much work? You're the arbiters of this. And, and, and it's three times at a minimum. And then they, you know, normally people have been like, well, you know, we could pull that out. I'd feel a lot better or, you know, uh, or no, we're totally fine. This is great. And because it has to be their choice and they have to be comfortable with it. It's their commitment, not mine. I'm not doing the work. Yeah. I used to do a fist of five. How comfortable are you that we can achieve everything we've just committed to five or or a four? I'm okay. But if I'm getting threes, twos, or ones, we're absolutely not leaving because something's not right. You need to be a five. I would even worry about a four. Yeah. Like, I mean, yep. Some people are not enthusiastic, but a four mm-hmm. and a four really means to them like, I'm good. That's fine. Yeah. yeah I think we can, we can accomplish because we find that most of the stuff that we don't get through in a sprint is because of some, yeah, something external to the team that we just can't control for. Yeah. So let's talk about this pre-assigning because I always suggest that we don't assign a user story to an individual because everyone we want the team swarming and everyone to grab a task from the same story so that we can get it to QA early within the sprint if the code or or the product permits. Right. So So I with so I don't want all the tasks assigned because then if I finish mine I've got to go ask you what you've not started yet. Whereas if we're grabbing the task as we've got capacity to deal with them. So I've assigned, as I, that my team will choose their first task to get us started. Yeah. Um, but then next time we're sending them back to the board to pull the next highest value item so that they're always going back to the board. How do you normally do that? Well, I think I have a very much a looser where it's like, listen, this is what's in the sprint. Mm-hmm. When you get it done is up to you guys. So if you want to do the nine easiest things and leave the big thing for the end of the sprint, that's up to you guys. I would suggest you do the big thing and then do the little things. Mm -hmm. But however you guys want to do it, I'm not here to tell you what order because it's all Mm -hmm. getting released at the end anyways. The key is to finish everything. So let's let's take your example where we have a user story Mm -hmm. and it's, it's got a back end piece and a front end piece, right? And so they go... The team I'm working with right now, they go and they say, okay, so-and-so is doing the back end piece and -and so-and-so is doing the front end, the the subtasks. Mm -hmm. Then the front end developer owns the user story. 
because they're typically waiting for the backend developer to do their piece and get them the data and the API or whatever to pull through. So if they're waiting for backend, right? So that's what they're at the daily scrum. Like I'm waiting on, you know, Mm -hmm. so-and-so I'm waiting on Encar to give me the backend piece so that I can finish mine. And Encar says, I'm done. I've closed out my task. Here's everything you need to do your piece. The front end developer will then own the user. And again, this was the team decided they wanted to do this. And then they finish their subtask and then they move the user story to testing. Because they were the last one to touch the ticket. So they're the one responsible for moving it along. And they, the the front end developers, I have way more front end developers than back end developers. And they said, we will take that responsibility on. We will be the ones responsible for the story. And then all sorts of people can work on the subtasks. Yeah. We, we, whoever touches it last, and it's probably me, I'll, I'll move it along. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you have a primary on the story, but not all the tasks are assigned. No, no, they, 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 because again, it's typically like, like we're doing one right now for this invoice center. Mm -hmm. There's a back end piece. And the and then there's a front end piece, and the the they just took the the user story in, yeah. And so the back end person has to do their piece first, and then the front end will consume it. They'll build out the front end user interface, and then when that works, that front end developer will move the user story to QA. Okay, because they were yeah. the last one to touch it. This yeah. is this is what the team wanted to do. Yeah. And I was like, great. And what they what they did not want to do is lose sight of these tickets during the scrum and then turn around and be like, why well, did my subtask and you did your subtask? Who was moving the story? Yeah. And because yeah. then things would get orphaned. So they were just like, oh, I- I'll own this story. It'll just so, be easier. Yeah. So what have you seen go wrong with sprint planning? The things that I see go wrong with sprint planning. I, again, I think successful continuous refinement makes sprint planning. I, yeah. my, that a good organization where we're really refining and I have developers who are really on it, sprint planning takes us like 40 minutes. It's yeah. pure horse trading. Yeah. It's easy. Everybody knows. And then they go, we're great. Well, let's start the sprint. Yeah. Where it goes wrong, and I think this is where remote hurts us, is I think people are not paying attention. Yeah. And if people are not paying attention and I just say, okay, what do you guys think of this sprint? And it's crickets. Like, yeah. why is it crickets? Like, uh, cause I turn my camera on for every meeting and I'm, I'm trying to encourage people to turn theirs on, but I can't force them, but it's not my work. It's their work. So the things that I, I see go wrong are at a personal level. Yeah. I'm not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Somebody, one of my superiors scheduled a meeting and I'm going to go to that meeting and leave sprint planning. So yeah. they're not on team one. Yeah. I think product, the big one that goes wrong is if product all of a sudden says, yeah, we have this backlog that's refined, but I've got some new things I want. Well, how many new things do you want? Yeah. Or, than- or they've not come up with any priorities. Right. Them not having priorities. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I love about Jira is the planning box. And I go yeah. and create, you know, once I start a sprint, I create the next sprint for them so they can drag things there. 
Yeah. And my hope would be I get to sprint planning and here's your agenda. Like these are the tickets I want. There's nothing worse than when you get there and your product owner has not given you like any direction. There's just the yeah. planning box is empty and it's just like, oh God, we're going to talk about everything, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. This is going to be the two hours or the four hours. And that's just not an effective meeting. You should be able to come in and sign off on, we've seen all these tickets before. You yeah. want 20, that's overly ambitious. Here's the 12 we can do. And mm -hmm. product is always happy. I've never had a product owner who's been like, oh, what do you mean you can't do all 20? They're like, great, you're going to do <laughs> these 12? Yeah. Or, oh, um, you know what? This one that you didn't pick is more important to me than these other two. Let's swap those out and put this in. That's what I see almost 100% of the time. I've never had products been like, why can't the devs do more? Yeah. It's just like, mm, no, it doesn't well, happen. What do you feel about subject matter experts being brought into sprint planning? Why are we just getting them at sprint planning? Yep. Like we, we should have been talking to them during refinement. Mm -hmm. Yep. You should have talked to these people when you had an idea. Yep. And and that's for me, that's a spike. Like when you had this idea three weeks ago or a month ago, why you did not go talk to those people then? Like if they have to come to spring planning, there's a problem. Yeah. They should have been in refinement when yes. we were, were, were talking about it to start with. Yes. We may need them in planning as we further decompose it down, but- that should not be the first time we're talking to an expert about something. Mm, no. And like I was saying, my goal is really to have sized, decomposed, like actionable tickets. Mm -hmm. Like I want to minimize the amount of time in sprint planning we are doing those activities. Yeah. One or two brand new stories. Okay. Okay. Maybe if they're the right. And, but typically like this happened the other day where the product owner said, you know what? Um, I know that back to the invoice center, I know we've already refined the invoice center, but I was talking to somebody and we're going to need this thing. And I said to them, I said, is that a must have, or is that something that can wait? And he's like, uh -huh. it could, it's something that can wait. Cause we could put out the invoice center. And then as long as we knew we were going to get it the next sprint. And I said to them, I go, here's what my user story for that would be. And we, so we were we, like, I said, here's what I would sort of put in a ticket. And then he brought that ticket to the team because it was small and it was discreet and it was a, 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 an iteration on the work they were already going to do. And the question was, can you add that to the sprint, get the invoice center, the MVP for the invoice center done, and then do this one? Or does this one have to wait till the next sprint? That's not my decision. That's the teams. Yeah. And so yeah. the team was seeing this very simple because all they needed was a, by the way, make sure that the user's invoices are on by default. That's it. It was pretty straightforward, pretty simple. But I don't know if that's going to be a big deal. Only the team can tell me that. So does, and then the team could say, and they did. They said, oh, we can totally do that. That's totally pure front end. We can totally do it once the invoice center is done. We feel confident we could take it in this sprint. So it's follow on, but we didn't blow up the original invoice center ticket. Yeah. That's that's the kind of stuff that if product comes to me in like sprint planning, like I've already kind of helped them work through it and talk about, not figure out how to do it, but talk about like, is it important to sort of maybe potentially blow up this meeting over? 
yeah, you've talked about dependencies and things like that. Yes. So that it's that we're not pulling stuff into this into the sprint planning without having identified before all of our dependencies. Right. And that's a big, that's a very big deal. And if somebody came to me and said, and again, they they typically there's an architect or a functional analyst, and they're like, ooh. That's going to involve this external yeah. dependency. That's not something we should be bringing to sprint planning. Yeah. Or it's that, not something we should uncover in sprint planning. That's not something we should, we should uncover it. in yeah. sprint planning. And I, I'm always really clear with people, like, if we can't do this ourselves, it's got to wait till a future sprint because this is, it's too last minute. Yeah. Yeah. That's different than the toggle. Hey, make sure that the user only sees their stuff by default. That's different than, oh, and we've got to interface with this other system and this other team. Uh, now everything's bigger. Yeah. So in summary, Ryan. In summary, saying? I think you have to identify, again, as a practical consideration, who's around, what days you're going to lose in the sprint. Yeah. And then as a good scrum master, you should have in your head like what the real capacity of the team is. It's better to you know, for the product owner to have planned ahead and have their sort of wish list that the team can either sign off on or horse trade around, because that's what this meeting should be. It should be, we've all seen this work. We're now, what can we really be? What can we really do in the next sprint? Yeah. So it's I mean, our, our sprint goal and our, our plan for achieving the upcoming work in the next sprint so we're really leaving with our, our sprint backlog. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. We've developed our sprint backlog, and then it's like, I should be able to push the button and start the sprint. Yep. Start work. Start work. The end of this meeting, you're going to have everything you need to, we're going to start the, the sprint, Hit and you, you guys go. Yeah. Sounds that's, good. That's good sprint planning. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.